0: Welcome to the podcast, To Be Named Later, where we explore the world a conversation at a time. Sit back and enjoy. Here are your hosts, Chris and Kelly.
1: Welcome back, everyone, to the podcast, To Be Named Later. I'm Chris, here with my co-host, Kelly. Kelly, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good, Chris. How about yourself, man? Uh, Doing great, man. Uh, So we've gotten to a point that we're going to put a... Uh, final stamp on the NFL season Uh, Chiefs were victorious in the Super Bowl 38-35 all in all uh, you know a good game man for sure Uh, a a good football game between two very evenly matched teams Uh, Philly probably outplayed them for the most part uh, I think slightly but not enough to get the win Um, you know that Mahomes magic is real man what were your takes from the game
0: Uh, I think it was a good game that was verging on greatness. could have been a great one in today's league, Um, you know, uh, because you had the uh, epic comeback, and then it looked like we were on the verge of uh, battle-for-battle scores, you know. Um, So still uh, one of the better Super Bowls. Could have potentially emerged into a a great one, Uh, but then uh, we had the holding penalty um player said he did it and was just hoping the ref you know let it go or whatever uh still a really two competitive teams enjoyed it a lot what what was your thought on that holding penalty yeah I mean you know the
1: the the play itself was was minor in a vacuum right it wasn't that big of a deal it wasn't a, a large penalty what really made it monumental was the timing of it in the game and so uh, the the way things looked, uh, it was a third down play, and uh, I believe it was third and nine. Was they were going to need to kick a field goal, and there was you know after the kick went through the uprights and all of that, and the kickoff and whatnot. I mean, they were going to be looking at somewhere in the minute and forty range left, and you know it would have been really nice to see what Hertz could do with a minute and forty theoretically. You know, assuming the kick goes through. Um, they're down 3 and uh I mean who knows man I mean hurts hurts might have driven them down there scored the touchdown and now all of a sudden we get to see uh the Kansas City Chiefs with you know a timeout or two and 30 seconds left or something so you know what could have been is hard to say you know it's just it's just hard to ever know um unfortunately like you exactly what you said that was kind of my takeaway uh you know the way the game finished it was almost like we were robbed a little bit and it's like oh man we're you know we're reaching the crescendo and then all of a sudden it was like well that's all folks and it's like oh man it's just it could it could have been so much more um you know the, the play itself what you know was what it was you know uh, it's probably it's something i've seen let go before and it's something i've seen called before so i, I don't have a problem at all with the penalty um you know, uh coach didn't have a problem with the penalty um you know it just is what it is man you know what I mean the guy uh he made a, a a quick little inside move um you know he's on he lined up on the left-hand side of the formation um and uh, well he didn't really line up he motioned to the left-hand side of the formation but then uh he you know he acted like he was going in uh defensive back um followed him and then he made a quick out cut And, uh, you know, he reached out, he grabbed his jersey a a little bit, um, definitely had a little bit of, like, rubbing, you know, while he tried to regain his balance and get back into position. And, you know, he he was interfering with him a little bit, you know what I mean? But, again, something I've seen let go many, many, many times. And, uh, you know, to the letter of the law, I mean, there was nothing wrong with the call. It's just unfortunate that the timing of it had such a major impact because then at that point, you know, I think the Chiefs did the right thing, obviously they did the right thing. They won the football game. So, you know, there's kneeling down now, man. And it's like, ah, oh, dude, I don't want to watch 3 kneel downs to finish a football game. I I don't blame the Chiefs for doing it. You know, you you're there to win. A, you're w- there to win the Super Bowl. You're going to do what you got to do to win the game. So I don't blame Andy Reid or the Chiefs at all for like stealing some excitement from us. They didn't want excitement. They wanted to win. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, it's not anybody's fault necessarily. It was just kind of an unfortunate end to it where it's like, "Ah, man, this could have been, like you said, this could have been a great one potentially and and we just didn't get to see it happen."
0: You know, um, the other couple of things that I found, uh, I don't know, man. Like It almost you know looked like uh, the world was going to be over for Kansas City in the first half when Mahomes got a little dinged up. And then he comes back in the second half and is back to himself. Whatever that guy's got, uh, whatever they did at halftime, um, they got some magic there well we talked about in the previous episode man if i ever have an injury i want to
1: go to kansas city to to get it fixed because uh you know easy easy young guy uh with a with a a giant heart you know he he does not want to come out of football games man he's been hurt multiple times in his career and and um some pretty bad ones dislocated kneecap he's had uh, a couple of high ankle sprains you know um a pretty gnarly like you know newborn giraffe looking concussion And, uh, you know, he he does not want to come out of the game. He's a a great teammate to have, I would imagine, man. He's a good leader of men, tough as nails, Um, never makes excuses. You know, he's just uh, exactly what you want, man. I mean, he's just exactly what you want. And, again, he he showed up in in the biggest game and played, you know, to the best of his ability when the bright uh, lights were the brightest and uh, I just don't know what else you could say, man. I mean, the guy's just unbelievable. So yeah, whatever they got in the water, dude, you know, <laughs> it seems to be working because he, when he got hurt, I mean, he was in obvious pain um, hopping and, and, and limping and, and it was noticeable. Uh, and, you know, we didn't really get to see him again at the half. And so, you know, they they went to the locker room and obviously, you know, they're going to, get to him straight away. Right. And I'm sure they tightened everything up as far as the rap is concerned. Might've even got a, a Demerol shot, you know, which I'm sure he had before the game as well. But, um, you know, I'm sure the staff had a plan and, and, uh, got him right. And he looked perfectly fine in the second half, you know,
0: I mean, he was moving around. I mean, it was like, it never happened. You know, speaking of perfectly fine, it was, uh, quite fine. Didn't quite go in for a score, but that in the second half, I think the another Big element of that game was the punt return Kansas City had. That was pretty electric. I, I love the kick returns and the punt returns that go for long yardage. I think they're uh, a lot of times, especially on the kick returns, doesn't happen anymore. That's still a dynamic part of a game and just game changing and electric. Yeah,
1: some of that has been taken out of the game. It's it's been kind of a, um, purposefully uh, removed. You know, there there are a lot of injuries happen on that. You know, you're talking, um, you know. 40-yard dashes into each other and, and like, the kickoff. They've, they've made subtle rule changes over the years. Um, they they uh, eliminated the wedge uh, several years back, which is essentially just a, a moving wall of humanity that uh, used to, like, crash into other humans, and they took that out and then uh, changing the um, the yardage that, that you kick off from and, and the benefits – Uh, you know, where you start from, you know, so uh, I I don't fault them, man. I mean, you know, player safety does matter, but you're right, man. Historically, uh, you know, kick and punt returns, um, man, they swing a game. The special teams is, you know, the third piece of it that a lot of times gets forgotten, but uh, it actually is the element that has probably the biggest impact on football games, um, you know, when there is a big play, right? And that punt return was huge, man. I mean, you know, the They had gotten a little bit of momentum, obviously getting the stop and and forcing the punt, and uh, you know to run it all the way back to you know basically you know first and goal at the five um, really set Kansas City up in that one.
0: Yeah, and to be clear, I'm all for the player safety, and uh, I'm the vast majority of the rule changes in the NFL around safety. I think have uh, been good for the sport. I just think it's electric. You know, even with whatever you can do to have. Um, it's like the long touchdown pass or the interception. Um, that is, I guess, my last thought on the game, really, um, you know, Chris, sometimes one team beats another, um, uh, sometimes it's more that one team wins, and there's a difference, I guess, to me, um, because we don't play to a tie, so someone's got to win uh philadelphia it is nothing it's not like they they have nothing uh that they shouldn't be proud of in the game either and i think both teams got a bright future agreed entirely um you know hertz had
1: obviously probably the single biggest play in the game or was a part of it where uh you know he had the fumble and and uh um Bolton returned that for a touchdown and that was a, a huge play in the game. I mean anytime the defense scores that's a big play in the game, you know, it's a it, it counts double. And uh you know, but we were talking, you know, I was I was at a Super Bowl party and they were there and and, and uh you know, I kind of made the point like, hey, man, you know what I mean? Yeah, it was a big play and everything, but so was all the third and ones that they absolutely couldn't stop and the fourth and ones and the two-point conversion. And, you know, you, Hertz can't handle the ball as much as he does and be responsible for the percentage of offense that he is without occasionally having something go the wrong way, right? So, uh, you know, not a lot of guys do what Jalen Hurts does for their team. And... um you know, it's just to be to be expected, man. You're not going to win them all. And, and he had a ton. You know, we had a standing bet. So I, I won. Uh, uh, I, I picked tails. A buddy of mine picked heads. We put five bucks on it. And the whole rest of the game, I told him I'd give him a chance to win his money back. And every time they got to third and one, I said, all right, I'll take Hertz. And you can have every other player on the field. I, I'll bet you five bucks Hertz carries the ball right here and uh, repeatedly he said no thanks I don't want that bet <laughs> and uh, repeatedly uh Hertz got the ball and he was stopped for a loss on a couple of them and just the drive you know those 600 pound squats show themselves you know in that pile and uh would get a little push in the back as well but uh you know he just continually fall forward over and over and uh yeah, man. I mean, like you said, the, the Philadelphia Eagles have nothing to be ashamed of. They lost to a really, really good football team, a team that's been in five straight championship games, um, been to three Super Bowls. You know, they're they're a historically great football team right now, and, and the Eagles lost to them. But um, the one thing that was a, a, a huge surprise to me, and, you know, I don't know uh, if you give credit um, you know, to one side of the ball or to the other. It's hard to say exactly, you know, what the cause and effect exactly is. But, um, you know, the Eagles, I think, were third all-time in sacks in a season. And they didn't get a single sack in that game. And that was one thing that I – dude, I, I mean, I'd have bet the farm if, if you said, hey, will the Eagles get one sack or, or, or you know, or more? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, uh, I would have taken over one all day long, uh, you know. They just had been so good at it all year and, and give credit to the Chiefs offensive line and the scheme and, and, uh, you know, some of the short passes they were doing and whatnot. But, um, I, I'm the one thing that shocked me was that the Eagles didn't get a single sack. And to be honest, not even a ton of pressure on Mahomes in that game. So, uh, yeah, that was a bit of a surprise to me
0: outside the actual game. Um, saw a lot of people talking players and fans and everybody else how about the field not really being of great quality what what do you see on that yeah that
1: was that that went on throughout the game from from minute one um, and reportedly uh this had been talked about earlier in the season that that field out in glendale um you know has had problems in the past too and, and people have complained about the playing surface and yeah, guys were slipping quite a bit in that game. Well, You know, from from minute one, it wasn't like the halftime show damaged it or you know any of that. And from what I understand, this is like an ongoing problem. So well, and this field to-
0: was made specific for the Super Bowl. They spent eight hundred thousand um, dollars, kind of growing this field and putting this in. Uh, my understanding is the way those fields work out there is they uh, grow them outside the stadium and then they can roll the field in but for this game they spent like they made a whole new field um but uh, i just know what i heard you know and uh, that on both radio and tv more so on radio they're talking about guys slipping a lot and then you see players more than one saying it's the worst field they ever played on so
1: yeah i don't know about worst ever i mean you know uh I, you know that's for the players to say for sure but i can tell you guys were slipping
0: what uh any thoughts on the surroundings of the Super Bowl, National Anthem, uh, anything like that, the commercials, anything that jumped out at you?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's a Super Bowl, man, right? So uh, people who aren't even into football, one iota, still show up for the Super Bowl party to eat the food and watch Rihanna. And, you know, we had people, like I said, I was at a party, and, and we had people who were there, uh, hadn't shown much interest in the television for an hour and a half, and now all of a sudden it's halftime, and now they're excited, like, they, they want to find a seat on the couch now, because, uh, you know, they're here for Rihanna, and, uh, of course, the commercials, you you know, you let them play, and, and um, you know, you watch them, and, and, you know, we got some laughs out of it, and, uh, you know, I, I don't know that one commercial, the one that that, that I seem to remember the most was the uh, one with all the, the rockers, you know, and, And uh, talking about, um, you know, they want corporate America to quit calling people rock stars. And, uh, you know, John from Accounting, you're not a rock star. And you got Ozzy Osbourne and people in there. I saw a real rock
0: star last night, just to go a little off track for a minute. Saw Bruce Springsteen here in Houston for the second time. That guy, three hours, nonstop, start to finish, just song after song, man. That's That's a rock star.
1: Yes, for sure sure absolutely man that that is a rock star and
0: uh yeah that's cool man uh what are you doing in houston uh you know i'm still on that escape wisconsin winter tour uh don't like the cold so just kind of move around spent a wee month in florida and then a little bit of time in texas uh, uh, amy has friends here so it's a nice town
1: pass on on uh houston i swear uh, that's the the sweatiest i've ever been in my life was in in houston texas and uh you know we show up at the at work at like 6 6 30 or whatever by nine o'clock i could wring my pants out you know they were that wet from from the humidity and the heat and stuff so uh, yeah, city as a whole is fine. I don't have I don't have a beef with it. You know, in the winter, you know, maybe maybe it's really nice. But I always seem to go there in the summer. And uh, yeah, I'll take a hard pass
0: on Houston in the summer, man. I've never been here in the summer, man. Uh, I don't know. I that I'd want to be. Um, I, <laughs> people I know here say it's really hot.
1: Yeah, man. It, well, the humidity is just uh, like debilitating dude it's it's i mean you know there's humidity everywhere right we got humidity in wisconsin and everything but houston's special man like that
0: place is huh. so it's speaking of speaking of hot and what something you mentioned about patrick mahomes has made me ask a quote think about something and i'm curious about your take on this chris um clearly the nfl you know it's geared towards quarterbacks um, and there, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. And Mahomes, I mean, whatever the quarterback of this era is, is uh, one of the best at it. Um, what uh, uh, Right before the Super Bowl, I uh, was reading, I think it was in Sports Illustrated online or someplace, uh, a really good uh, talk of Joe Montana and where he is in life. And it was really a thoughtful article. Um uh, but um what i wonder what you think so how do you define a hall of fame quarterback in this era like with the league geared towards this and i'm not, i'm going to pick two quarterbacks and compare and i just get your take um, so aaron rodgers and if patrick mahomes continues on the trajectory he's on. Are they both Hall of Fame quarterbacks? And if so, why or why not? Yeah, I mean,
1: I don't know that Patrick Mahomes isn't a Hall of Famer already. Uh, if he was to choose to retire, um, I mean, Kurt Warner had a, a relatively short NFL career, and uh, he, you know, he's a Hall of Famer. And um I, I don't know, man. I mean, I think Mahomes is right there with Kurt Warner. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is for sure a Hall of Famer. I, I mean, he just uh, dominated – what do you have, three MVPs? You know, he, he was – you know, he was in the same era with Brady, who was winning Super Bowl after Super Bowl, So, and Rodgers didn't have the postseason success that you would have thought the team should relative to their records. You know, and, you know, I had a lot of uh, home playoff games that he didn't win, um, NFC championship games that he didn't win. So, um, you know, he didn't always
0: shine the brightest when when the lights were out. But uh, So should that factor into – and this isn't about bashing Aaron Rodgers at all. I mean, I have enjoyed 30 years of quarterback play from the Packers, but especially when the league is geared towards QB success, should that lack of postseason and all of that – uh factor into rogers hall of fame candidacy like does it mean he waits a year or is he first ballot like what i'm just curious what you think how does it change the equation well, i think some of his
1: popularity they may they may make him make him wait a year just to just to kind of stick it to him a little bit guys you know Aaron R- Rodgers is you know definitely on the narcissistic side of uh, personalities right and so uh I think you know some of the but you can't deny uh he was dominant at the pitcher position for an extended period of the time so you know uh sometimes Kelly you got guys um you know and we I think it's fair to assume Patrick Mahomes will just kind of keep doing what he's been doing if he was going to fall off it was after they took Tyreek Hill from him you know there's some question about like man that guy's pretty fast and a really talented wide receiver and Without without him, we'll see how much Patrick Mahomes falls off, and then we see that he fell off zero. You know what I mean? And, and Tyreek Hill is still a good wide receiver. He went to Miami and had a great year, and and both of them succeeded. You know, and uh, you know in their individual um, you know new environments per se, right? And so, uh, but I think sometimes, man, you have a talent and you can just recognize it you can just see it you know uh Patrick Mahomes is that kind of guy I I think Patrick Mahomes is an all-time great quarterback now in order to be ranked with the Montanas and the Bradys and 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 some of the other uh all-time elite guys you know you got to accumulate some stats and you can only do that in time no no one's going to throw for 50,000 yards in a single season so it takes multiple season to accumulate the stats but um kind of use the same argument for a guy like Bo Jackson, who, you know, he's not in a Hall of Famer. He's not going to be listed amongst the all-time greats, but anyone who watched him play will say that dude was unstoppable at the running back position. Now, he had too short a career to to be ranked amongst all the rest, and if Patrick Mahomes retires tomorrow, he'll find himself slipping down the list as time goes by because he just doesn't have the accumulated stats. But anyone who's watching football right now will later tell their grandkids dude you had to see patrick mahomes this guy was unbelievable and um you know if he continues on the path he's on then then uh you know the the stats will speak for themselves and and he will be ranked up up there with the rest of the guys if he doesn't then it's up to us as fans to tell the stories of you know how good the dude is and i i just think for my money um i'm not big on you know trying to place people you know michael jordan lebron james you know wilt chamberlain you know it's hard man and and, and you know that's we just get to to kind of banter about it and kind of uh you know talk back and forth but for my money patrick mahomes is one of the best quarterbacks i've ever seen a- already and that's do what you I see can, a
0: yeah. period uh, again i'm just curious like so i can go back uh you know again uh with the way the league's changed, do you see a period where if a quarterback doesn't have at least one Super Bowl, that will impact his Hall of Fame candidacy? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think, I think you'd have to be
1: super elite. Like, you know, uh, I think Dan Marino, um, you know, qualifies as super elite. Uh, And so, you know, you can get in based on, you know, just being so dominant for so long. Um, like put it this way. Uh, I don't know if Philip Rivers will get in the hall of fame or not. I can guarantee to you with 100% certainty. If he had a super bowl ring, he would be in the hall of fame, but without it, he's kind of on the borderline, you know, and, um, a guy like Eli Manning, you, you take away, uh, his super bowl wins. And I don't think there's any chance he gets in the
0: hall of fame, but with those super bowls, all of a sudden he's in, you know, so I, I definitely think it plays a role. How would you compare, so I know he's got a Super Bowl, and I'm picking on, or I'm using Aaron Rodgers a little bit because he's probably, you know, I, I I listen to every Packer game and I get listened to it on the radio, so I have the most understanding of what he's doing. Take away the Super Bowl, and how do you compare Philip Rodgers or Phillip <laughs> Rivers and Aaron Rodgers?
1: Aaron, Aaron Rodgers was a superior passer to Phillip Rivers. Phil, Phillip R- Rivers did it with uh, grit and grime and will and, and want to. And uh, Aaron Rodgers is just one of the most natural passers of the football uh, the league's ever had. And, um, you know, the the accuracy in which he's thrown a football for as long as he has. uh, And he has, you know, him and actually Patrick Mahomes are very similar in the fact that um, they have the uh, multiple arm angles. So Peyton Manning had to be in a good mechanical position. He had to have his feet set and go through his throwing motion. And then he was very, very accurate, extremely accurate. But Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes just do it naturally. They just uh, um, contort their body in in, in different ways than other guys do. They don't have to work as hard. They're more talented. And Aaron Rodgers is an extremely talented quarterback. And he has a great understanding of the game. That's why Aaron Rodgers has more touchdowns thrown on – offside penalties than probably anyone in history you know what i mean he just understands you know where they're at what they're doing he just has a great understanding his football iq is really high patrick Mahomes is very similar man they just they see the whole field they see the whole thing they're not just focused on their clock they're not just focused on a route they're not just focused on any one thing they see the whole picture you
0: know and it just comes naturally to both those guys yeah, for Rogers, that giving a free play on the offsides is amazing. How many? I don't know. I don't know the number, but it's amazing how many times he's done it. Well, well, and he has hot routes, Ben, You've seen it before, where uh, yeah. a
1: defense is trying to make a late substitution. They had no intention of running a play, and then Rodgers sees, you know, a three hundred pound defensive tackle trying to get, you know, thirty-five yards, and he knows shit. I mean, I can. I mean, I can get under center and snap this ball before he can run 30 yards. <laughs> so he'll just all of a sudden call a quick, like, hey, hurry, hurry, and uh, snap the ball. And, uh, you know, he, he's on the same page with his receivers and just, you know, I mean, the back of the day it was Devontae Adams. But, you know, whoever he's got, he's like, hey, man, just run. Cause it's free anyway. I'm gonna. I'm about to get this guy. If he thinks he's making it to the sidelines before I can snap this ball, he's sorely mistaken. It's gonna take him four and a half seconds to get over there. You know, five seconds to get to get across half the field. I'm. I'm. I'm gonna get this ball snapped before that. And uh, we're just gonna heave it up down the field and and you know take take a schwack. If it's incomplete or picked off, no big deal. We'll just get the five
0: yards. So uh, you know we started back in. Uh... Late May, early June, uh, worked our way through the NFL season in our first uh, season, if you will, of doing podcasts. What jumps out at you is before we put a final bow on the 2022 NFL season, what are what are some of the things that jump out as you uh, uh, memories, good, bad, surprises? Just when you think back on the 2022 season, what is it for you?
1: I mean, the most poignant thing that took place the whole year was in that. At Bengals Bill games when Demar Hamlin went down. That's the thing. That's the image that stands out even more than the Super Bowl, Uh, you know, that, that's just something I've never seen in my life. And, um, you know, it, it was just such an, uh, uplifting feeling that came out of a, a horrific, uh, event and to see everybody come together, fans, you know, the, the medical staff, what they did, the, um, just the Camaraderie amongst all, you know, former players, current players. And, you know, it, 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 nothing was, it was never going to be handled perfectly to follow, right? They canceled the game, that threw everything up in the air. Uh, You know, there was, there was some like think on the fly that had to happen. Um, But all things considered, I think everyone kept a perspective correct throughout and did the best they could with, you know, what was a, you know, a, a terrible situation. And to see him come out healthy, he was at the Super Bowl, uh, sitting actually right next to, so was Roger Goodell. Uh, I forget her first name, but um, Kelsey, the Kelsey brothers' mom. And then Damar Hamlin were sitting bang, bang, bang in, in three seats, you know, and they showed a shot of that. And, uh, um, you know, that that's the thing, the single event that probably jumps out the most. Uh, As far as the season as a whole, you know, it was good football, man. I mean, the Bengals were playing really good football. They ended up not finishing it off. The uh, 49ers were playing really good football and and got the tough break with the quarterback situation in the NFC Championship game. The Bills were a good football team. You know, uh, by the time we got to the end, um, you know, the the really good teams had shown themselves and and had continued to improve, you know, throughout the year. And, and, uh, you know, I, I just... Uh, it was a it was a good football season. Um, I think we can safely say that the 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 best team won in the end, or the, the team that won deserved it, right? So, um, you know, if they if they played out the playoffs, you know, a hundred times, you know, it might be some various winners mixed in there, you know, with some with some different events taking place. But, uh, you know, the the best teams made it to the end, and one of them ended up winning the Super Bowl. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a good season
0: all in all. What would, what would your big takeaways be from the year, Bud? uh like you i think uh the damar hamlin situation um even today when i sit back and i just think about it like that trumps anything else that i can think about the season and just the both the perspective reset i think it gives us all a little bit and also just the, you know I, i i think we saw in that situation and it's funny i had this feeling last night as well when i was at the concert um uh, every once in a while you have an experience in life where you see us at our best and our, we're, we're really reaching our full potential of just let's help each other and get along and all the other things and i think uh, that's why I, that's why i like live music it's the same thing when everyone's kind of grooving to the music and you just feel that connection i felt that with the uh, damar hamlin as well uh, that's the number one thing that sticks out to me. Uh, number two is it was an entertaining season overall. I got into it. Maybe gave watching it even with more scrutiny a little bit with the podcast here helped. Uh, enjoyed that. And then um, third thing for me is really not related to the game as much as the coverage of it. Um, I really think... Uh, on fox kevin burkhart and greg olson and i don't know what's gonna happen but they just work for me as a broadcast crew um they don't shout they're very insightful uh i just i find them an entertaining uh group of people to listen to cover a game
1: yeah I think uh uh you know it's funny I guess the you know come to I, I hadn't even thought about it but um I, I suppose broadcasters are kind of like officials like you know you just don't want to be talking about them right and and you know if if we're not talking about you it means you're doing a good job you know at least for for me anyway right and so uh yeah I mean I I think uh you know what they have in place right now um I like Romo I, I don't know how you feel about him but he, but he's one of my favorites uh uh, I just, you know, he seems genuinely like a, like a little kid, you know, like he, he really likes watching football and, and you can hear it come through and he's really insightful too. He's, he's pulled back on some of his prognosticating. I mean, the guy used to bat like 800 on, well, I think uh looks like the, the flat's going to be wide open on, on this play. I, I'd, I'd look for Tyreek Hill in the flat here. And, uh, and there's a pass to Tyreek Hill in the
0: flat. <laughs> and yeah, so, I expected um, that dialing back from him, and I, was, I know some people really like to get on him right now when I read some of the coverage of the media, but I expected that. I mean, I think for him to do what he did was amazing. He he, he had just stepped off the field, and I think that's what p- partly helped him be dialed in was – that was still there you're you're not going to maintain that level of intensity but i find the guy entertaining man look he's a different style but it's still a sport and you know what man he's having fun with it go for it i i I don't need you to be it's you know we're not writing a constitution for a country here people
1: yeah no no, it's 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 entertainment man and i i uh, uh i was entertained this year man i got no complaints um my fantasy teams could have done a little bit better but uh you know all in all man um you know i'm happy with what the nfl put out there uh down the stretch so early on if you if you pull back to our podcast we were talking about um you know turning games off and and <laughs> and i forget what i said i was going to go watch uh oh, reruns yeah. of uh, uh, reruns of golden girls i think i said yeah <laughs> and so um it wasn't it wasn't all roses the whole time but it finished strong and and that's what sticking in my mind is like hey man there was good teams playing good football
0: at the end and that's that's
1: if that's all i can get i'll live with that
0: so yeah i i I do remember some of those and i remember uh the thursday night games for example the first ones on amazon you know people were talking about uh Want, and Amazon's going to want to refund and a bunch of other stuff. There was, I think, part of that is just inevitable in the way football is today. That the beginning of the season isn't going to be as electric. Uh, there's just not as much off-season work going into all this, and so really the preseason runs over into the regular season. They won't tell you that, but it just does, man. I mean, it's a athlete. It's a it's a sport. You got to have enough repetitions and. All of that, we've talked about that. You, in, from our first episode on, you ingrained that, you know, when we talked about um, that. So what are you looking What Off season, you know, we got the combine in a couple of weeks, the draft, and the NFL machine keeps going. What, what are you going to be looking for keeping your mind on the NFL side of things for the next few months?
1: Well, the big one is quarterback movement. So I can't remember a year where I anticipated more movement at the most important position on the team than what's probably going to take this place this year. And, you know, unfortunately, it's probably going to lead to some more of that bad football to start the next year, you know, because I think a lot of guys are going to either be in new homes entirely or, uh, you know, they, they may be moving up the, the pecking order in, in the, the home that they've been in. Um, you know, it's, it's a decent class of guys coming out. So I just, I think uh, there's going to be a ton of movement at the quarterback position, and uh, I'll just be interested to see where some guys end up and, and some who's, who some guys goes with. So, you know, there's there's teams that are um, not too far away that, uh, like the Jets, for instance, are, you know, theoretically a quarterback away. You know, it's hard to say because it's the Jets. They might find a new way to mess it up if they actually get a quarterback that can play. But, um, you know, they I'll be interested to see who clicks with the new guys. Um, You know, what young guys continue to develop a guy like Justin Fields, for instance, you know, are the bears going to get him some additional assistance, you know, some, some more playmakers. Can can we continue to progress um, on his uh, ability to throw the ball? And, which he's not terrible at, but, um, you know, he doesn't have a lot of weapons. And so, you know, can you open up the offense a little bit more and get him uh, maybe one more weapon um, for that offense? And then can can Justin Fields make a jump? Because halfway through the season, uh, I don't know what he had for breakfast one day, but, man, he just all of a sudden became an entirely different person and, and what looked like a complete failure um, now looks like it's got a lot of hope behind it, you know. And so we'll see. Can can he continue on that path? We'll, uh has josh allen plateaued you know where will lamar jackson end up will they change the offense so there's all kinds of questions and most of it surrounds for me the quarterback position i know a lot of guys will move offensive linemen running backs you know there's there'll be movement but um that position is so paramount to a team's success and and i just think it's going to be half the league you know starting new dudes man or or maybe not new dudes but like a Justin Fields case, you know what I mean? Like, he's still developing. He's not solidified, like, in his spot. And uh, we'll just see, man. I'm, I'm excited, you know. We'll get a little break. I could use it, to be honest. Uh, I'm happy when, when, the Super, when the Super Bowl is over, and, and it's like I get to take a breath. You know, all the pick money has been paid out, and all the fantasies, leagues are over. There's nothing to manage you know i get my whole weekend back (laughs) and so you know to go do other things with so i actually uh i i I mean i i'm sure i feel like the players feel man like i need a break i'm i'm happy that that it's come to an end so you know i can kind of take a breath for a
0: minute yeah i uh, uh, i I, i'm a like you on the quarterback thing i think the league is really in an interesting period that's been uh, evolving to this, and we're—it's really this. I mean, just given the amount of money that even quarterbacks at an early age are getting paid, and the importance of the position, yet it's kind of like other things. If you don't uh, see uh, the pattern early on, getting to what you think you need from that position, either the player or the team's—you know—pulling the the plug on it much more rapidly, and I I don't know how that's all going to shake out because, you know, okay, a guy moves. Okay, this wasn't our guy. We're going to go get another guy. I think it's going to be interesting to see, can you have success with a, new, uh, a old new quarterback, if you will? Does that model work? And if it does, how often? We've seen it work sometimes. Uh, we talked about this once, right? Denver had it work with Peyton Manning. Um, the Rams had it work with, uh, uh, Jer- um, not Jer- uh, trading away Staff- Jerick Goff, with bringing Stafford. in Matthew Stafford. Uh, There's countless other examples. You know, uh, then you got the Chiefs model, like hit a home run and, and you know, um, uh, you know Tampa Bay did it with Tom Brady for a year, but it, like it was a one year fix, and then they're back really in the the pool. And I, so I'll be curious to see how this shakes out, or maybe this is just the new normal well the the thing is i mean they did up
1: the salary cap which which helps you know it was a pretty good size bump but uh i i don't know that where we're at uh in terms of you know these quarterbacks and, and what they're being paid uh i don't, I don't know man i i, I don't know I don't, it doesn't feel sustainable to me kelly and um i i don't know what the fix is because the, the, they're not obviously not going to take less money right i mean i i, I wouldn't if i was them but it, you can see, like, with the what Russell Wilson deal, like, it completely hamstrings, uh, hamstrings a, a franchise. When you give these giant contracts, it, it represents such a huge percent of your total salary cap. And if you're wrong, you're hosed, man. You can't get out of the contract. There's all kinds of guaranteed money. that, that You know, no one wants to trade for them, you know, and, and um, the player's not going to redo their contract. You know, if he signs a contract, contract that's going to pay him 50 million dollars a year and turns out he's terrible like he's not going to let that money go sorry you know i'm doing the best i can right and you can't fault him for that but uh you know you get it wrong and you know you're ruined for years and I just don't know how, and it's so hard to get it right. So, obviously, the Chiefs knocked it out of the park, man. I mean, you know, credit to Andy Reid. He saw something. He had a good quarterback in Alex Smith. They moved up in the draft. That was a good football team under Alex Smith. And they moved up in the draft to get a developmental guy. And he was overjoyed about it, and... Um, you know, you can see the results of that. Obviously they knocked it out of the park, man, hit it squarely on the head. You know, Mahomes was a a win all the way around, but how many other teams have tried that and failed, you know, Trey Lance and, and, uh, Trubisky and on and on and on. And you just, you know, guys have taken huge
0: swings and they missed and now they're hosed. Yeah. And well, I mean, and you know, it's no secret time and time again, right. I mean, 23 teams passed on Aaron Rodgers and, um, you know, um, yep. we and we know. Uh, I mean, Tom Brady. We know where he was in the draft, and you know, uh, things like that. So it is. I, I think part of why I talked about this, uh, you know, whether it's moving around and giving them such a short time is I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't know how it will. I. I I'm sure it will be in whatever capacity it is. But it seems like it's. Uh, getting too skewed towards one position, uh, and, uh, you know, the thing I know, I'm not enough of a student of the game. I'd have to go back and look at salary numbers and a bunch of other stuff. Maybe it's been this way longer than I think, and I just notice it more, um, and I think it's really relevant to me right now because I'm, I've seen it now twice with the Packers, which is actually, I'm thinking about how long it's actually been, but we went through the same thing as, you know, my team of choice uh, with Brett Favre and all that. And then Aaron Rodgers coming in. And then at the end of these contracts, right? I mean, I think it's the Packers, uh, it's like $59 million. Uh, I don't care how much your salary cap is. Um, um, I think I, I'm not a, capologist, but I'm pretty sure it's like $59 million for Aaron Rodgers this year. Uh, And they got all these things going on, you know, even on a $224 million salary cap, that's a lot of dough. And then if he retires or if he's traded and all these other things also in the background um, is they've got to make a decision uh, on Jordan Love if they're going to sign him for his fifth year uh, as part of that deal where teams have an option for all first round draft picks. Uh, before their fourth year, they can sign them for a fifth year or, or not. So, uh, you know, and they really don't know what they have in the guy. Yeah. Well, um, we talked about this midway through the season. I felt
1: midway through the season it was time to uh, – Rodgers was dealing with the thumb, and
0: it's like, hey, man, we got to see what we have. And, again, no knock on Aaron uh, Rodgers, but I don't, I don't think he's going to take the Packers to the next level at this point in his career. He made another team – Uh, And uh, just because both the change of scenery, um, uh, uh, just different expectations on him for himself, just all. I think that he's kind of ridden the train as far as it can go with Green Bay. I think, you know, because we saw the fall off this year just from the team and everything that they don't need to go into a total rebuild, but like they're not going to get that one more glory year with Aaron Rodgers. I don't believe
1: yeah, I don't think so either. I, I I think if there's an opportunity to get some compensation and move on, um, I don't think they have a two-year window with with what they have on the roster currently. So, uh, and Rogers only has a couple years left. So, uh, you know, I, I just I I would move on and get some compensation and and start heading in in the future direction if it was me. Um, you know, the way things are right now, it just seems like the easier path is to build a good roster and then just hope you can get lucky with a young guy, man. Um, you know, have an inexpensive quarterback on a, on a rookie deal, spend all your money elsewhere. You know, obviously if you can get Mahomes or Josh Allen, let, that's great, but man, they're so hard to find and the teams that have them aren't going to let those guys go. So, you know, you're better off just build a roster and then just hope to get lucky with the, you know, with a young quarterback, man. And, and he, he gives you a three or four year window that you could work in and then um, usually you get a little bit of carryover, you know, after that first extension, you know, depending on how it's structured. And, um, you know, you, you can you can take that, that first three or four years of the window, the championship window that's opened by that, by having a quarterback and a rookie deal and a solid roster around them. And then you can bleed that into, like, the next two or three years as well. So you can actually have, you know, a five-, five or six-year window with that model, if I was a GM, that's the model I would follow. I'd build up front, defensive linemen, offensive linemen, and then go from there. And uh, I would try to keep my quarterback position as inexpensive as possible and then just hope I could find good value, you know, a, a good talent value for, for, you know, less money. Because otherwise, you know, because the premier guys are, are $50, $60 million, like you said, man. It's just it's so hard to overcome that. It's just hard to pay your guards, you know, when the quarterback's making 60 million, it's hard to pay your middle linebacker and your safety and everybody else that needs money, man. It's just, you know, it's so much easier when your quarterback's 11 million and you have $40 million to spread around on the offensive line.
0: You know, a couple other things that I just think about at the end of every year. um, You know, so we're all, you know, everyone's getting hyped up for the draft and all that and that'll all happen. You know, so, Uh, There's, you know, seven rounds, 32 teams of new players coming into the NFL. Uh, So that means there's, you know, the equivalent number exiting the NFL. Most of whom uh, we'll never know about or we don't know them. You know, uh, think about that a little bit, you know. Um, Even the guy that was, you know, the hot guy first round this year, um, you know, some of them will already, you know, be who knows what percentage through the career. It really is, I mean, sports is that way in general, but it really is an elusive uh, short period of time um, when you're in these leagues.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, um, you know, you're all going to have your elites. You know, every league has them. They're, they're you know, Mario Lemieux's and their Wayne Greskies and their are LeBron James's and, and so on, right? And uh outs and whatnot, right? And then you have... A whole bunch of other guys on the team that are either role players or, or they're you know they're on this team this year and a different team next year and um, you know every once a resurgence a Geno Smith type right you know you'll, or you'll have somebody who you f- finds his way later in his career. Um, You know, a guy like Stephon Diggs, who was never terrible, but hadn't really reached his full potential in Minnesota, he gets a change of scenery, and he becomes elite. So those exist, but the lion's share of your player pool um, are just kind of dudes, man. They're there for about three or four years, maybe. You know, some more, some less, but uh, and then they're gone, (laughs) and that's it, man. That's that's pro sports, bud. You know. know, uh, The other thing is.
0: I don't remember the exact stats, and uh, before we talk, at some point again, I'll try and make a note to myself to go look this up again. But I remember reading an article. Just I think it was actually in the same uh, an article on Joe Montana that I had mentioned. Um, It talked about like the number of people who have ever played high school quarterback or who play it in a year, right? The number of people who are starting quarterback at college. And then, obviously, the number, even in the course of a year or, um, like, you know, in the elite game, let's say the Super Bowl or even just whatever. What a rare breed that is, you know, to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Um, So I get it why there, you know, it's, um, you know, there's only one of them starting per team. So I get that part, but it's really just... You've said it a couple times, and, you know, if you get it wrong with the way the league is geared right now, I think it is more so than any other position in the sport hard to recover in baseball. uh, If you miss on one player, it's more recoverable. Well, I personally don't have a salary cap, um, but second, um, you know, pitcher only starts every five games. A position player... um, you still have things you can do, more so, even if you, you bring in a guy that's not quite as good or whatever. Uh, when you miss on the quarterback, it's it's just tough to recover. Well, and that's just it. That's kind of my point
1: from earlier is, like, yeah, I mean, I, there's more astronauts than there are quarterbacks, you know, that can play in the NFL, Bad. I mean, it's just a tough, tough – like you said, there's just not that many people on the planet that can do that. And even more so – it's tough to find a good one right so and and almost impossible to find an elite one a guy who can carry a team you know the way Jalen Hurts did this year the way Patrick Mahomes does every year the way Josh Allen does you know for the last two three years right those guys are like almost impossible to find and yet we keep trying you know and and and, uh you know if, if if it's something is so difficult to do, it shouldn't have such an impact on, you know, your overall success. And that's the thing that makes it the, that's kind of what I was alluding to when I was talking earlier is the quarterback position is you can't get it wrong and it's almost impossible to get it right. <laughs> it's like, you just, I just don't know. That's what I'm saying. I don't think it's sustainable. Like the model we have is, I don't know how you win this game.
0: You know, to jump back to when we started, I remember our first episode, Chris, you know, talked about your high school career and all that a little bit, what you did there. Um, Just think, I think about this, I guess I've thought about it in other sports too, but I I don't know if there's anything I've ever done in my life, I'm sure, that, that, I I don't know, would force me to test my, just even my, Abilities. I don't just mean physical, but just the whole judgment and attention to multiple things going on. That I wonder what is that a quarterback faces, you know, or a lot of players on a football field um, like that. I mean, obviously there are things we all do, and we. But I don't know if my question makes sense. But you played, you played football. You were a running back, so you were probably pretty dialed in at times. Are there other experiences in life, or that? come close to that level of dial in dialed inness that you can think of? You know, uh, that's a really good question.
1: Actually, Kelly, you got me, got me pondering right here. Um, I mean, there's moments for sure. Um, but you know, the, the risk of ruin over the course of my lifetime isn't like what it is. I've never been on a stage that like, uh, you know, even just a, a regular, uh, 10 AM Pacific time kickoff. You know, for between two teams, that that stage is gigantic, and um, you know, I I've absolutely had to be dialed in for you know a presentation or, or for something that was uh, you don't get you don't get to do this over, dude. You know what I mean? Like this is this is a, a one shot deal, and you bet you better get it right because you know we're not going to be able to just cut and edit and, and try again, right? And that's the quarterback position but I haven't had to do it for three hours straight. You know, I haven't had to do it repeatedly over and over and over and every mistake is magnified, you know, um, you know, and I played high school football and in the time that I was playing, it felt huge. You know what I mean? We, you know, we had, we were a, a, a legitimate team in, in, in a Southern California. And, and so, you know, we had big crowds, you know, and, and it felt gigantic, but, uh in the moment but but you know it still doesn't compare to what these like nfl quarterbacks have to go through and and i was one dude on the football field right and and um you know i and i was dialed you know i mean i had i had a pretty good handle on the offense as a whole i understood you know what the offensive line was doing i knew what all the receivers were doing and and you know i just i had a a a pretty good grasp of what was happening around me you know maybe more so than some of the other guys you know that were just focused on their their one spot you know but uh yeah, I don't know, man. There's not too many times in my life I can think of where um, I had to be perfectly dialed in and um, certainly never with the stakes that high, you
0: know. You know, um, I, I, I just a think about Presidential the, speech,
1: <laughs> you know, or anything like that, right?
0: So uh, I don't know. I just think I about it, the mechanics of it sometimes. So here I am, right? Typical play. You're lucky if it's four or five seconds. So – I've got all these inputs I'm processing. Four or five seconds. Uh, I got all these big people trying to knock me down, hurt me, you know, bang into me. Uh, something happens. I do that. i you know, maybe I pick myself up off the ground. Oh, well, now the coach is yelling the next play into my ear. Um, I'm lining up with all these other guys, you know, getting ready to call the next play. You uh, know, I'm still. Uh, let me tell you this: You come knock me down the way I hear some of these guys, Nick, get knocked down. I'm probably going to be taking a minute just to get right.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, you compartmentalize all of that, though. You know what I mean? You're not, I'm not thinking about the math test that I took earlier that day. I'm not thinking about, you know, my buddy's birthday on Saturday. Like, you are uh, so dialed into the moment, and you're just trained that way. So uh, while it is a lot to process, it's the only thing you're processing. You're not thinking about anything else other than this play right now. And you know it's you, you hear it all the time about guys having short term memory. You know what I mean? Like don't yeah. you know if, if you if you got burned on a deep ball, you're a defensive back. You got burned on a deep ball. Just let it go. You know, just forget about it. Like it didn't happen. And that's what that's what guys do. And so even if you got rocked on a play and stop for a six yard loss, you know on on a pitch play or something, you you, you don't you're not thinking about what you could have done better. On that play, like, oh man, I, you know, I should have, I should have turned it up sooner. Or, you know, you're not thinking about any of that. You're thinking about, okay, now, now we're running, uh, you know, 32-0 counter now. So, but <laughs> I, I don't care what happened last play. I, I need to do what I can for this play. And when you, when you're focused like that, um, it's actually not that challenging because you know you you're just you're just trained to focus uh, on one very specific task. Uh, for four or five seconds so i gotta i gotta really focus for four or five seconds and then um you know then i get to hit the reset button for 30 seconds you know while we rehuddle and and, and the new play comes in and then i gotta focus it's real hard, you know, again, for, and it's actually more than four or five seconds. I mean, you know, before the ball snapped, you're, you're reading where the middle linebacker is. You're yeah, that's fair. Safeties are, you know what I mean? There's 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 some more to it, right? There's some pre snap stuff that you're going to do from every position. Offensive linemen are making their calls, or, hey, I got this guy, I got that guy. But, yeah, essentially, you're talking about, let's say, 10 seconds of hyper focus.
0: And then I guess part of what makes me think about it is I would love. You know, I guess I got, I had a small glimpse. You know, I told you a few weeks ago I rode in that race car. Um, yeah. Obviously, I was just riding along, but it's it's one of the first times I've I felt something like that, and I wonder, like, hey, I pay a I I give a lot of focus, and I've given some big speeches and things like that, but uh, and you know, I have things where I'm I'm focusing on them for a long time, but not really that level of total exclusivity for those snippets of whatever it is 5 10 15 seconds and i just wonder what's that like well nascar's
1: is, nascar's is a great example kelly because if you think about it uh if you think about the speeds that they're going at and now i know people tease because hey they're just they only make left turns how hard could it be and um you know but when, when you really break it down to to the speeds that they're running at and those cars are like right on the edge of wrecking for four hours sometimes, you know, three, four hours, they, they are on the verge of crashing constantly, like nonstop. It, it, it is always, you know, you can't win if you're not, right? So you have to barely be hanging on and you have to do that for three or four hours straight. The, the, those, you know, uh, professional drivers are, you know, they, they're they never probably going to take over, you know, some of the bigger sports, right? Basketball and football and some of the things. But when you think about the talent level when you get to that level, um, you know, the professional race car drivers, those guys are some of the most impressive people on the planet, to be honest with you, man, because they don't get a break. You know, they're four feet from from disaster and going 200 miles an hour, man. And they do that for three hours straight. No half times. <laughs> you know, no Gatorade, <laughs> no no. let's go look at the tablet and, and see what we did wrong. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, there sure. I mean, no like breaks. in,
0: in – uh... Um, I, I remember going to a baseball game once, and a, a friend of mine was really polite uh, and probably thought I was a little crazy, but um, they uh, did me a favor, and I remember them, it was a Seattle Mariners game, and I just had them tell me for a half an inning what back in the day Ichiro was doing for the whole inning, because I had no idea, man. You Know in like he's taking his glove off, take putting his glove on, crouching down, doing all kinds of stuff. You know, where he just all kinds of things that you're like, Oh, I mean, so you know, he's it's just interesting the level of dialed in this or which sports let you take that up. I mean, football, yeah, okay, you got those 10 seconds when you're on the field, you know, but now you're not on the field, and the you know, if you're on defense, the offenses. You know, I'm sure you're not just, you know, getting a hot dog, but um,
1: you're probably no. Not. And you and and you've done um, the like anything else, like like you said, you've had to get up in front of people and give speeches, right, or presentations. I have to do those from time to time. Well, I didn't just show up and wing it, man. I prepared. You know, I practiced. I I I read my my uh you know did my research ahead of time same as football players they they went to film on Thursday you know or on Tuesday and they had walkthroughs and practices and and they had scout teams and you know uh they did they did extensive preparation to be in this moment so that takes some of the pressure off you know they while they are hyper focused in the moment and they are you know uh dialed into what they need to do in the moment you know, some of it's muscle memory, you know, and, and uh, you know, that that's why you see a lot of times teams playing better at the end of the year because, man, we've kind of done this a bunch, you know, it's a different team. They're wearing a different uniform. We might have a little bit different scheme for this game. Might be a little more heavy, run heavy this game or pass heavy or whatever, but, man, we've been doing this, you know, for months now, and, and so that takes some of the pressure off of them, but uh, I'm not trying to uh reduce the impressiveness or anything dude i mean the the that's why there's you know only only
0: a handful that can do it man Man, worldwide it's it takes a special person all right for our next podcast episode episode, i'm going to go find three defensive linemen chris and they're going to come after you every 10 seconds while you're trying to talk (laughs) i'm
1: i, I do I'm, I'm, I'm saying that, I, that they're special man i i never had any delusions of, of playing quarterback in the NFL that's for sure uh yeah I, I just it's just almost an impossible task and uh only
0: a couple guys can do it man i mean there's a handful of good ones and that's it well chris the 2022 NFL season uh, is in the books and i think we've uh, it's been an enjoyable one uh we'll continue our podcast with all kinds of topics working that out um and uh really been a fun season to share with you man yeah you too kelly
1: man i'm excited to see where where we go next i mean we got we got some time there'll be nfl i mean nfl's a year-round uh business so they'll, you know there'll be some uh off-season moves and some trades and and uh you know free agent signings and then there'll be a draft and and uh, OTAs and training camps and all that. But, uh, we're going to have to transition to some other stuff. So, you know, we'll, we'll see, uh, you know, what we can move into in the sports world. I know what I'll move into and, um, you know, we'll just see what, uh, what you go into. There's,
0: there's a lot to choose from out there. Yeah. I look at it this way, you know, we got a lot of green grass in front of us. And the nice thing is we don't have those three dense defensive linemen coming to try and knock us down. So, um, appreciate everyone coming on the adventure with us this far and uh, we're going to continue the the journey and as always chris great to share the uh, podcast with you and great great being your co-host
1: yeah i love doing it kelly man and and, uh uh you know I'm, i'm ready for whatever comes next all right chris have a great week all right you too kelly